So hi everyone, Kieran and Ben here from Elite Rugby SNC. Um, today we're going to be talking about becoming a beast, um, our first year program, and also the preseason as well for for rugby as that's coming up here in Australia. So first off, if you haven't, you uh, join our Elite Rugby SNC community by signing up um, and take your game to the next level. You can try before you buy, so definitely try our seven day trial to get a taste of what becoming a beast is about. So become a beast and join our community. So g'day Ben, how are you going today? Yeah, really good, thanks. Um, and yourself? Yeah, going, going well today, thank you very much. Can't complain at all. Good, I wouldn't let you. No, I'm joking. You could if you needed to. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So first off, first off the bat, um, what stands out with the Be Becoming a Beast program that you've noticed? Uh, well, look, we've put it together for people that are um, probably their first or second year um, when they really need something. Um, and I've actually got a really good old mate that's... Uh, in his late 30s that is uh, trying to make a little bit of a rugby comeback after a little while. And um, he's been trialing it and he actually, uh, after a little while, he's got himself through a whole sevens tournament. So gives you an idea. So people that are re, uh, rejoining up, he did a little bit of running before that as well. But um, so, and he's a guy that played, he's won multiple premierships, like 10 premierships uh, at club rugby. So he's been, uh, he reckons it's great. For people looking to get back um what stands out is it's we've structured it in a way that it's you ease into it over the first few weeks uh basically three to four weeks you're actually easing into it um and we've gone for a, a very balanced program so we've got a good mixture of speed run tech um, conditioning strength and power as well as uh, making sure that you're rolling out stretching and fle uh, flexibility work. So we've gone for making sure that it's uh, going to give you all the athletic tools that you need to be successful. And we're ramping up the workload over a long period of time so that by the end of the program, you, you won't even notice how much better you are. So it's, um, yeah, it's a very sensible approach that you, know, you, you use in a, elite sport when you're returning people to uh, really hard workloads. Mm, and totally. for you, what, what stands out um, for you? I think you just touched upon it. I think it's the, the balance to, yeah, we're going to be in the gym, but you've got to be also out in the field as well. And I think as rugby players, we can get a bit too um, focused on just gym work and not actually worrying about conditioning and speed and acceleration. And I think just having that balance of, yes, we're in the gym, but we're out on the field and you also got to recover as well. We're not just smashing ourselves at the start of the preseason and causing injuries before our season's actually even started. So I think having that balance approach and educating um, our rugby athletes uh, that, hey, you've got to train both on the field and the gym, but you also got to recover as well. And that's probably what stands out the most is, is just having those aspects and and sort of programs that I've witnessed over the past don't really emphasize as much on the field or the recovery. So I think it's a nice balanced approach that we, um, that we have. Yeah. And um, what's really important, we won't go into a research point here. Um, when you look at some of the research around pre-seasons and their effect on seasons, 
the more of a preseason someone can get, the higher percentage of preseason they participate. And um, you know, we're not we're talking gym speed, conditioning, rugby, um, and building up contact. The better or season they have, not only in terms of performance, the more, but they're more injury resilient. They are like you can never totally prevent injuries, and we you can never say that. But you have a higher chance of uh, going through a season missing less training sessions and games if you have a really well structured and organised preseason where you get to do you know over ninety percent of it. It really does set you up well. Mm, totally. So doing the program yourself, what have you noticed in your training? Yeah. So look, I'm uh, I'm going to say mid forties and. You know, I'm just tipped over the edge to probably a little bit later than mid 40s. Um, I've actually really enjoyed it myself. But, um, for me, it's getting back into some running and some uh, like I do a lot of coaching of speed tech and um, uh, running tech and speed and actually doing the conditioning. Um, and I've enjoyed the, doing the the power stuff as well. Again, it's actually interesting that when you get a little older, you try to you probably move away from that. But um, it's really really important. I've actually felt really good around my joints and everything. And um, uh, obviously, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit older, so some younger people will, will feel fantastic from it. I also think from the way that we've organised it is uh, you can actually do it with your football training as well. So we've got some, um, the way we've organised the on-field component is uh, you can do the speed and run tech as you warm up prior to your actually rugby team. Um, you can do all your, your skills and so forth with your team. And if you feel that you, you didn't get the conditioning that um, you're, you, know, you, you want, you can actually do that conditioning as well. Um, yeah, I've actually really enjoyed it. I'm secretly going to keep doing it, but don't tell anyone because, you know, then I might try and play rugby again, which I won't. True. How about you? How, yeah, how have you found some of the people that you've got doing it? Definitely, definitely agree um, with your point there in terms of, well, yeah, we've, we've got field training out there, but if you just don't feel like it's, it's given you enough that you, just like you said, you can do the, the sprint tech, uh, run tech, all, the, all that stuff before as you warm up and then um, definitely do your MAS running and stuff and sprints as well. You might not actually have time in the program that your coach gave you to do sprints so definitely we've given you the tool to say hey you need to do this type of running for those sessions i think um, is a really great point um for me it goes off sort of my philosophy i, I love training whole body uh it's, it's it's just a great way that i reckon to maximize our time in the gym so i reckon it's just it's it's been a really good program because i can get in do my session and, and get out as well. And it's not taking up two hours of my day or anything like, anything like that, but I just feel like I'm making the most of my time and hitting pretty much every single body part that I can and getting up a bit of a sweat, but I'm leaving feeling really good and I'm not tired or anything like that. It feels like, yep, I'm going to go home, recover, and then be able to do that, that session again. And I think that's a really, really important aspect as well, because I think a lot of athletes out there think they need to get into the gym and just smash themselves to feel like, yeah, I've achieved something. And that's just not what I believe in. And it's not what we believe in at Elite Rugby SNC. It's about just maximizing your time in the gym and getting the adaptations that we want and then going off and recovering and then being able to back it up again the next day. So yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And I've really 
probably put a big emphasis on those recovery days as well, making myself be a bit more mobile instead of a bit stationary at times due to work. And but yeah, it's it's been great so far. Yeah, I uh, I think it's really important that uh, that you people will work hard through this program. That's building into it. But um, at the beginning, that we're easing them in. By the time you're actually working hard, um, when you look back, you you won't realise unless you, you really critically analyse where you were before, how much you progressed. And that's always a sign of a good program. Look, there's times where you you, you just have to put in, but mm. it's um, measured and controlled. Remember, we want you to go, we want you to train hard four to five days a week. To do that well, you've got to spread that workload out. You, know, mm. you can't just have a day of absolutely smashing yourself and then two, three days of being sore where you, you're not motivated to train. That's when people just get in their bad habits. Um, mm. If you go from an elite point of view, I, a lot of people are seeing these unbelievable scores that rugby players have, but don't forget, they've probably had sometimes a field session, sometimes two field sessions in a day that they do that gym, but they've built up over many years to get to that point. And this is, I say this is year one, year two, or um, someone genuinely returning uh, to football or a fantastic way for, for a club football player to still, you know, study or work and still train and feel good by the end of the week and, um, so that they're enjoying training and want to train the next week. Mm, totally. So to sum up the first two blocks of Becoming a Beast, what would you say? Yeah, so we're basically, we're accumula um, accumulating some load, okay? We're teaching you some technique uh, and gently easing you into it. I want to use, say, week one for an example from a strength point of view, then I'll go speed and then conditioning. So from a strength point of view, we're looking at only a couple of sets for the first week. Uh, and that's literally to reintroduce you back to make sure you've got some um, technical skills. The third week, we're bringing you up to three sets. And then the, the um, fourth, uh, the third week, we're building up again. Um, and then at the same time that we're doing that, we're um, dropping some of the volume and increasing the intensity. Okay, that's sensible, normal training. It's not random like a CrossFit or an F45 or some uh, high intensity training club that you go to where you just randomly can't control the workload. Um, and then if we look from the speed point of view, what we're doing is teaching you how to run. Not many people are actually going to give you some running skills. We're actually teaching you how to run and giving you some calf conditioning work. And also with our acceleration, we're teaching you the first couple of steps. Um, once you get confident with that, you're actually building the number of steps out in your acceleration. So we're going to stop a lot of the calf, hip flexor and hamstring injuries that people get from uh, doing a lot of speed training at first because we're building up. And if you look at, again, the conditioning, uh, we're building up the volume and the capacity over time. So we're uh, trying to make sure that the, we're starting in a sensible position that we're building up your tolerance as you, your body adapts. Okay, As you adapt, we stimulate you with just enough load so that it forces your body to keep adapting. And that's the approach. That's sensible, normal training. Um, but to get into that, you have to start at a lower rate and be willing to accept that you're going to get better. So I've, um, I've enjoyed it myself and I think people will enjoy it because it's uh, it's not the type of training where you do a week and then you're just over it and don't want to do it ever again. So mm. 
Um, now, yeah, so we put a, put a bit of time into building it. So how did you find the decision-making yourself and the planning to get that done? Yeah, I found it was a really good process from both us and, and collaborating on what's worked in both our experiences from the elite level and also my, my realm was um, just club level um, as well. So I thought the process was really good and sort of to sum up the, the first few blocks, um, I think it's, it's building a habit. It's building a habit around good training and a good routine. And I think that's probably what, what I would sum it up as. And it's not just going, hitting the ground running the first week. It's, hey, we're, we're going to slowly progress you into it and build your capacity and build that motor. So when the season does come around, you're ready to go and you're going to be at a high standard compared to your um, opposition as well. So that's sort of how I would sum up that those first few blocks. Yeah, great. Um, great, you did it probably in a more succinct way. Well done. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so what got you excited about preseason sort of as a player and a coach in your experience? Um, look, it's, it's an opportunity for you to actually get better. Like you don't have the pressure of the games um, uh, as well. So you can actually, you can get some seriously good work done. Um, there's almost a fear and a dread sometimes with preseason if you go to the high level. People know it's important. Like you absolutely know. Um, but there's a, there's a real pride in you as a coach and a player, you know, knowing that you're doing some work that is unpleasant sometimes. But when you get through it, there's a real satisfaction that you've achieved something. And, um, you know, sometimes in the actual season, some of the, your enjoyment you can't control because it's you know, winning and losing games. So, you know, you, you don't know if you are improving. But in a preseason, you genuinely know that you are improving if you're doing the right things. You see your strength go up. You see your speed. You see your conditioning. You see how quickly recover. You're feeling better flexibility-wise because you're actually doing a lot more work. So there's a tangible things that you can actually feel yourself and you can see as a coach. Um, and there's, you just, as you're coaching it, people and you see the players, you can see confidence building mm. because they're physically getting better. It's, um, yeah, it's a great thing to watch and be part of. Mm, totally. You, what, how do you find the preseason? I think as a player growing up, it was, I, probably didn't really like it as much from the early age stages of my career because I really just wanted to play rugby it's like I don't I don't really want to train I just want to go play that's all I wanted to just go play and yeah. it really wasn't until after I left school at, at 19 20 when I was in the academy for Vikings um, under your guidance where I started to fall in love with the process of getting better and it wasn't until I saw players who had um were above me and also played schoolboy level with me who left school early to go train and how much they improved. And I was like, Whoa, how, how did they get to that level so quickly? And it was just understanding, wow, preseason, that's where we can really maximize our potential, get fit, get strong, work on our skills, be technically sound. And yeah, it was really wasn't until later in my career that I really fell in love with preseason because I just wanted to get better. I wanted to push myself. I wanted to push my team. I'd say, hey, if we do all this work now, we're going to be very, very um, sort of happy and just grateful that we did this work 
in this uh, in the preseason to when we get to the season, especially when we get to finals as well, because no one's going to be able to keep up with us, and we're definitely going to take this competition by storm. So, so yeah. And then as a coach, I I, I loved it because it was a time where I could then give back to my players and say, hey, this is the process, and if you do this really well and do and give it your all, you are going to start the season off and finish the season off in a really good position. And it's, it was just sharing my experience that I learned and giving back to them that, hey, we've got to work hard in the preseason to be able to um, be a, a competitive force during the in-season as well. Yeah, I really like the, the, um, your journey there. As, um, as we're young, we all just want to play the game. Mm. Um, then as you, you get a little bit older, you realise that, um, uh, to have success, you've got to earn it. And to earn it, you've got to have a good process and uh, you've got to put in through that process as you go along and believe in that process, but be part of the process of creating it. And I can see why you, you definitely enjoy coaching. It's great to see. Yeah, I do enjoy coaching now because I don't, I'm not the one having to run and do the Broncos and stuff like that. So it's much fun to watch them do it than actually do it. So, <laughs> yeah. You still do it though. I know you do. Deep yeah, down. true. Yeah. Don't pretend you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what advice would you give to athletes returning back and starting preseason from a coaching point of view and also maybe an, an athlete point of view when you're um, doing preseasons? Yeah, it's um, being organised. So um, to actually do a preseason, well, it's not just about the, the training. It's... Um, making sure that you, you know, you've got your life set up. If you can make sure that you get eight hours sleep, you can make sure that you've got a bottle of water with you, make sure that if you've got a, a job where you can't have access to food, that you've got your food organised that day before, um, that makes a big difference. Like that usually, without that, no matter how good a training program is, it's not going to help. Also, there's little tricks in summer too, um, uh, if you come back from work and you've been outside, say you're a tradie, um, some great tricks is have a really cold shower, actually chill out for a little while. Even if you have to do that at the training ground that you go to, the footy club, um, and chill out for a little bit before your training session. Like That makes a huge amount of difference. The other one is being really um, detail-orientated. So with your training programs that you've got, like the one we've got online, put in the actual numbers that you've got. Okay, before you start a set or a rep or whether it's speed or anything, just take a look at your history and see what you've done um, and have a clear goal of what you want to get out of that day. So if it's a strength day, like you pick some stuff that, you know, this is the, these are the key lifts that I really want to get something out of. Or if there's some running, you go, well, I've got to be really focused here because if I'm honest, I'm not the most conditioned guy. I'm pretty fast, but I can. the speed comes a little bit more naturally. I'll really do a good job, but really putting on the things that's going to make a difference for you um, and just enjoy the little wins. Like, the, like if you can, you've lifted 2.5 kilos more than you did last week on the lift, celebrate the, that, that. Like you don't have to go up in huge numbers, just lots of little wins all the time um, is amazing. And it all adds up, but that would be my tip, I reckon. How about you? Any tips? Um, I think my tips would be just just sort of like you're saying, create that routine again. Um, if you're if you're working full time, studying full time, 
just make sure you, you are prepared to go to train. So, and especially if it's hot um, out there in summertime, that you have drinking enough water, you've got food prep ready throughout the whole day, not just before training. It's throughout the whole day. You've gotten some good snacks before training. And you're also then prepared to eat after training as well and hydrate and then go back to sleep. I think for the field-based, um, if you're a bigger guy like I was, um, I was big. I, I like to say that I was big, even though I was small. Yeah, you're a prop, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're against, a small, big guy. <laughs> yeah, small, big guy, as we say. Um, make sure that you have a pair of plastic studs to run in. Um, I can't sort of emphasize that enough like it's happened to me twice in my career where i got shin splints because i was wearing metal boots and the grass out there was just dead and we're just just that um that load over time and created me to have those shin splints and just just it just sucks to be honest and it wasn't until um ben hine former brumbies player and sunwolves player showed me these boots boots from asics uh he calls them career savers um and they definitely i was gonna say um yeah, that was the term I was going to say. Like, um, in a, a, so the elite level, um, those ASIC ones or whatever it is, ASICs—they're not our sponsor, but they might be one day. Um, with the molded bottoms that are more almost like a sneaker in a way. Yeah. Literally call them career savers. Yeah. They do get because you can put more Ks, and we're talking about your hotter type of climates, say like uh, uh, Australia, South Africa. You know, sort of south of France, places like that where the ground is really, really hard. And you'll probably find that in other places as well. Um, the amount of, uh, I guess, shin splints that you get in big footy boots when you could be wearing career savers is huge. And, and you can speak to it because of your toe. Yeah, totally. And it, it helps me so much with my toe and sort of calf injuries just to be able to run more and be just more effective. And I would use my, my plastic boots for in the in-season as well, I would make sure that I wore them during the warm-up, any type of speed work and stuff. And then once we did team runs and scrummaging and all that, obviously uh, the metal boots would come out straight away. But that would probably be my, my biggest tip, along with setting up that routine, is having a pair of uh, plastic boots that you can do a lot of Ks in and running and, and your skill work as well. And I think it doesn't matter if you're a forward or back, it will definitely help you a lot. Yeah, okay. I think I'm going to give a prize um, to whoever gets the most uh, completed sessions done. Oh, we might look at uh, giving them some career savers, eh? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go down that track. That could be exciting. Yeah. And sort of to wrap things up, it, it, even though we sort of touched about, touched about it just then, um, how, how do athletes maximise their preseason in your thoughts? Um, yeah, it's knowing the purpose so knowing why you're doing it okay so a lot of stuff in life is um we can make excuses which are usually rational rationalization of reasons that you believe that you know you might skip a session you might do that i've worked a little bit longer you know i'm a touch sore than normal today but when you've got a really big why of you doing it um and that could be that you want to get through the whole season okay First time in a long time, that's what you want to do. You, or you want to play the highest grade possible instead of playing, um, uh, say, second 15, you want to play first 15, okay? Just have that why, but also enjoy it. Like, enjoy the fact that yeah, when you put in and afterwards, there's 
no better feeling of accomplishment, okay? The why will get you over the line starting, but the, the enjoyment of getting better is, um, it's a gift while, you, while you're young enough to use it, just absolutely enjoy it as well. Yeah. Mm. What would you, be your tips? I would say that as well, enjoying the process. And it's not just an individually, it's, it's enjoying it with your teammates as well. We play a team sport, doesn't matter how good you are, you're only as good as the weakest link on your team. Um, and it's maximizing the preseason as a team. So getting to know each other, getting to the gym with each other, putting in the hard yards with each other so that you then you can go put all that hard work you've just done into the in-season. And the in-season might not go, go as planned, but just like you said, it's, it feels really good to be able to commit to something and get a, a really good result from it. Um, and just, just doing hard work, it, it does pay off. So I would say be really team focused and making sure that you're getting better and you're also helping the team get better as well. Yeah, I like your point of, um, you know, if you're doing a, a program, just say you jump onto our program, yeah, grab a mate, take a mate with you. Yeah, mm. that's it. Set up a habit of a couple of mates. Like, it's so enjoyable. You're pumping some music and in lifting some weights together, doing mm. some speed, doing some running together. Like, mm. all of a sudden, it's become a, a, a nice social event where mm. you're, you, you're probably getting a little competitive and you, you get those mm. juices flowing a bit and you enjoy it. And, and it's so easy just for you to be like, oh, I'm not feeling the best today. I'm, I'm just going to skip it. But if you're in a group and you say that, they, they're probably going to be like, hey, come on, you're good. Let, let's go train. Come on. And just that sort of that camaraderie and you want to keep working hard for your teammates as well will help you get over those, those days where you just don't feel motivated or inspired to do it as well. So I think that's another great point as well. Yeah. I've heard a really good saying. It's... Um... You know, it's not how hard we train while people are watching. It's how hard you train when no one's watching. So, you know, you're putting in on those days where just say you are training by yourself and no one's watching, um, you've got a chance to really rise to an occasion as well. Mm. So it's not always about your mates. Just think of if you were watching you, what would you want from yourself? Mm, totally. Yeah. So... Thanks everyone for, for watching. So we just talked about uh, becoming a beast program for, for the preseason and gave our sort of uh, insights to what we experienced from, you um, know, from the preseason and then also um, some really good training tips as well for the preseason. So make sure you do uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram to keep up to date on all the content that we are producing. Make sure if you, if you aren't already that you are a member um, of Elite Rugby SNC and Becoming a Beast. Um, and I'm really looking forward to our next conversation, Ben. So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Kieran. Uh, well done, Matt. And I'll catch you soon. Sounds good. Thank you very much.